St. Louis, Missouri. Nice, calm skies. Partly cloudy. I'm Travis Terrell, and you're tuned in to We Are Live. Did you have to think about the name of your show? No, I remembered it. Well, it's been like 14 iterations. Mm. Well, we did a radio show called St. Louis Live. I That's remember one. that. That's one. And then we were, uh, We Are Live? Question mark? Oh, I do remember that. The question mark took over for a little while. And then it was We Are Live. Nothing. Because we were trying to aim for like an NPR vibe, so we didn't want to be too excited. And this is what we've landed on recently. We are live! Mm. Big show today. Uh, later on, Harlan Williams is going to join us. You know him from something about Mary, Travis. How about that? Huh? Hey. You must know my pal Ben Stiller then. He does. Uh, Harlan will be in on 10.30. He's at Helium all weekend. Uh, we're in the Midcoast studio in Grand Center, St. Louis, Missouri. Midcoast.media for more information. Let's say hello to Christopher Aloysius Gardner. Good morning, Garthy. Oh, Aloysius. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. There they are. Look at that. Look at that. You know who you are. Yeah, those nuts of wall. Good morning, walnuts. Beautiful cuticles of his. They're very mm. nice, well manicured. I do have nice nails, don't yeah, I? Tobacco stained. Mm. No, I wash my hands pretty constantly. Oh, do you? Yeah. Didn't notice. Yeah. Which is why I had to go buy uh, some some lotion because my hands get, will get chapped if I don't keep up with them this time Ooh, of year. Oh, that's a real nasty thing you got to deal with. My huh? my knuckles will actually crack and bleed if I don't. If yeah, I'm that's not bad. Pay attention. Yeah, that's so I gross. got to. What's your brand of uh, lotion? You something like Burt's Bees. It's something I get at Whole Foods. Um, like an avocado lotion. It's like a body lotion, but hand, face, whatever. Chop some kale into it. They might. Um, I like it because it's not as greasy as some other ones. Not as greasy, Travis. Yeah. And so I kind of like, I don't like, I don't like lotion to begin with. Why is that? Because it just, yeah, the way it makes a, my hands feel, a... it's just slippery. And so I like to find one that doesn't have that kind of residue on it. Sure. And I have found one there. I can't remember the name of it, but I have a big bottle at home right next to the bed. And um, also have... Want a smaller bottle that I keep in my backpack now. So it's uh, whatever brand it is, that's what I use. And I like it because it doesn't make me feel greasy and gross. Well, you look greasy and gross. Well, is there a particular reason why you need to have that lotion? Yeah, I just out of your bed. It. Yeah. But he, he literally just said it. Well, no, because I come out of the shower and I'm, I keep it in my room and it's right there. Okay. So Travis I, comes in the shower. I have my. Hey. <laughs> Good for piping, though, from what I understand. It's no, it's thing. not. That would, nope. You would think mm. not. Okay. Yeah, don't clean out that drain. Mm. Uh, Biebs is accusing me of wearing a retro Trump shirt. Uh, says Triumph? Mm. Close. Triumph. Close. Of Let the will. Close. Can we? Oh, no, we can't see. There we go. Triumph motorcycles. Do you own a motorcycle? Sure don't. Have you? Sure haven't. Me on a motorcycle? I think I'd wreck in second ride, wouldn't you say, Trav? Mm. No. No? I wouldn't? No. Okay. Trav, have you ever been on a motorcycle? I have not. I had, I think, um, a phase between like 17 and 19 where I really was convinced that I was going to be on a motorcycle. And I immediately, I don't know what it was. I don't know why that that phase existed because they're pretty they're pretty awesome if you go riding around on one. like uh, I get it you understand it real fast why people like it but it's not worth I it. I don't know. You will I just that there's a level of fast that I'm just not accustomed to wanting. 
Like, I, I just wouldn't want to be that fast. Like, and then again, in a city like St. Louis, where some of the worst drivers in the world exist, I would, that just in itself. Mm. Go to Hall Street and race them. You know what I, yeah. St. Louis City didn't shut that down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Party poopers. My dad's got a Harley. I haven't been on it. He still chastises me for not having been on the Harley with him. But I, I'm hoping, because people have said I'll never scoot again, but mm, I don't believe him. Mm. Who are people? Who are these people? Uh, people online. Oh. oh, online. You sound like yeah. Travis. You're uh, speaking in a very general tone. <laughs> Made up people. Okay. Uh, there we go. There <laughs> we go. Now, and here's what you say. You say, my haters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my yeah. haters. Anyone who earnestly uses haters in a... There's two ways to do it. If you say, like, oh, don't be a hater, like, okay, you can say that. I'm fine with that. But the people who earnestly are like, to all my haters, like, I have no time for that. I, no one hates you. You don't have haters. This is just a couple people said something contra- on, contrary to your belief. On that belief. note, to all my haters, I will scoot again. Okay. Mm, gotcha. I will scoot again. Gotcha. And I hope to scoot next to my dad while he rides his Harley. That's mm. kind of weird. That would be odd. I and don't lie. We can be like father, like son. You think so? I hope so. Okay. A, a lot of my dad's side of the family has uh, motorcycles. Because um, I still remember my Grandpa Gardner. Mm. Grandpa Gardner. Rest in peace. Okay. Uh, after his funeral, him, my dad and my uncle got on their Harleys and did a little ride for him. So they blew off some steam and you could hear him just <laughs> through North County. How was that? <laughs> okay. Very good. Sounds like a good, uh, sounds like a good V6. Yeah, we probably got eight motorcycles on Dad's side of the family. I would think all Harleys. Mm-hmm. I think it's a culture thing. I think if you grew up in it, I can absolutely yeah, understand it. They did, and because I didn't grow up in it, I think suddenly for me, I just realized I just don't. I wouldn't know what I was doing, and I just don't trust other drivers around me. Mm-hmm. I can I understand all that. But I, I, I like I think people who have Harleys or who have collected bikes or who work on bikes, I think they're pretty badass. I think those things are gorgeous monsters. Oh, they're, wish. they look so cool. They're mm-hmm. incredibly dope. Don't get me wrong. I These motorcycles they're... are awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm, I think they're I still think motorcycles are cool. I'm just just so afraid of them. I understand. I think surfing's awesome. I'm afraid of the ocean. You're, you're not, not, you're not you're afraid not, of the ocean. You're, you're not in a bubble. Of, you're not I'm protected. Afraid of, you're afraid of predators the size of this room. Yeah, water that bears. Also, that, that, yeah, that probably has a lot to do with it as well. You got water bears in there? Did you guys see that footage of the giant squid at the bottom, I think, of the Atlantic? I guess some deep-sea divers came across of it, and it was just like a horde of different types of fish species just that, feeding off this. It gi- wasn't a squid. It though. wasn't a squid. What? It was a whale. It was a whale. A whale carcass. Oh, my. They call it a fall, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is just because the the body, body just, just drops to the ocean. Drops, but but the it ocean was floor. after all the gases explode out of it when it hits the top. <laughs> that's what happens. So like, um, this was actually discovered during a live stream. They were live streaming something wow. for educational purposes, and they were like, "Oh shit!" And then they like I even listened to some of the commentary. Like, yeah, well, we gotta we're gonna move along here, but we'll come back to this actually. So it's kind of just happened. That's amazing. It is. That's why I'm so deathly afraid of the ocean. Giant squid are scary. Because what is it? We've only ex- we've only yeah, discovered ten percent. They say ten percent yeah. of the ocean. We've only explored ten percent of the <sighs> ocean. I wish we could explore more than ten percent of our hearts. Ah, mm-hmm. I think we're capable of doing it. Mm-mm. I think scientifically we can explore more no. elements of our heart. Okay. No. 
Cortex wasn't sure. Probably you know, our speak- weakest organ. Mm. Is it? Probably. I thought it was our skin. That's the biggest skin. organ. Oh, okay. What's in that coffee cup? I don't know. But it's... Um, <laughs> but I did realize the coffee cup that, that I'm drinking out of, it's uh, the Sochi. Yeah. 2014, which of course has been in the news recently oh, yes. for all the wrong reasons, specifically being. Was it ever when, in the news for the well, right reasons? As you can see. Other it, than David Backus bringing home a bunch of stray dogs? Yeah, that's a good point. TJ Sochi. Well, this is the NBC mug. Of course, NBC and Sochi was when Matt Lauer decided to travel with the entire crew yeah. and get his. So his horrible on. Yeah. Uh, so fitting that I would have a um, cocktail of some sort inside of Don't this. Don't say cocktail. Okay. What do you have in there? I just have a, ni- a nice little Pinot. Do you? Yeah, just because all my... Because my... it's now three days in a row I've seen you drinking White Claw. Hey, man, I thought we said we won't tell nobody about uh, that. Oktoberfest miracle. Hey, everybody, it's Cocktober. Happy 18th day of Cocktoberfest. It is indeed. May we begin you the day with a proper prayer. Do. This is day 18. Hey. hey, slow your roll, bro. Sorry. Watch yourself. Your roll. Yeah, yourself, yeah. yeah, look at that. Backhand joke. Back in your computer. I, really I back in. I, I got them guarded. If you break this, I can't afford to fix it. So yeah. Please. You do that on accident enough, anyway. Yeah, yeah. it's also true. Almost, the last time you tried to high five, you almost knocked his mic over. Mm. It's a bad but situation. Yes, we've let's got pray. Yeah. In the name of Wes Anderson, Anderson appropriation, white flight, Destin, Florida. Florida. Happy Friday, everybody. This is day 18. Whew, yeah, we are rolling along. The I'm party sta- keeps going, man. I'm starting to get the uh, inaugural Lifetime Achievement Award in order. I don't want to do too much for it, but I just want a few elements involved, and I just want to find the right videos to pay tribute to this person. Smart man. And I saw that you gave your Twitter followers a bit of a sneak peek. I did. Inside the upcoming Cocktoberfest uh, playlist on the Spotify. Yeah, I created a Spotify playlist and updated it with our songs through yesterday. We're adding two songs to the Cocktoberfest playlist per day. And I got the playlist together and shared it on Twitter. So right, what do we have here? if anyone's having a Cocktoberfest party, mm-hmm. you can just use my playlist if you want to do so. We should have a cookout and have the playlist going. Just mayonnaise and raisins. Mm. Oh. A nice pavilion in Forest Park. Now that they're open. Mm, more Castlewood. Castlewood. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Tough to, as Sean says, it's tough to get me past Skinker. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was there's, <laughs> that's a new, <laughs> there's a new comedy club that opened up, and I was like, oh, good, another comedy club, and they've already booked like a guy who's gonna be on flyover. Like, mm-hmm. they'll be a good a good spot, and I go. Oh, nice. I see it. And then I saw O'Fallon. I will literally never go there. O'Fallon, Missouri? Yeah. My hometown? Your hometown. I got a comedy club now? I I literally was just like, that makes so much sense. What's strip mall? What's strip mall? Exactly. I said the same thing. And it would make sense to be in a strip mall. I totally get it. But I literally, I said out loud, I go, nah, I'll never go there. <laughs> Not once. I hardly ever go there. There's no reason. My parents are there. Right. Unless I'm going to Gateway Powder Coating. Gatewaypowdercoat.com for more information. Or you can visit them in O'Fallon. Great folks. And if you have something metal that needs powder coated, take it to them. Fast, durable, and affordable. They've been partnered with us for a few years now. They're here to help you. Their customer service is unmatched. Number one resource for powder coating in the Midwest. That's wheels, furniture, grills, smokers, wine holders, whatever you got. Make it happen at Gateway Powder Coating. Wine holders. 
So, well, I was uh, I was trying to get Travis's attention. Yeah. Uh, if we want to uh, jump into Cocktoberfest, mm-hmm. I know this is a big deal for you, Travis. Uh, let's do it. What okay. do you got for us, Gardner? Well, you can find the updated playlist on my uh, Twitter. <laughs> Tom Brown is hosting at Backdoor Comedy in O'Fallon next week. Oh, well, write me a letter from out there. Thank you. Well, maybe I'll try. I'll try and get my parents to go. There you go. That'd what be nice. Support some of our friends. Yeah, yeah, that might be something. All right. Um, so let's add to the playlist, why don't we? Okay. So I'm finally pulling the card, one of them at least, that I've been waiting to use, and uh, put on the playlist my favorite band of all time. All right, what do we have here? So it's time to put Arcade Fire. There they are. And Wake Up. We'll go with Wake Up. Gives an, interna- an international flair to the. Uh, I showed the, the most. Inter- the, the that's the most cocked over thing ever. Really celebrating the internationalness of a eight piece white folk Canadian band. Uh-huh. <laughs> there it is. So we now Cocktober has gone international. Trev, look out! I like it. Um, I showed Sean, my friend Sean, a video from Arcade Fire's 2010 concert in Reading. All right. And they closed out obviously the concert with that song. That's their closer. Sean. Sean got like the hair on his arms standing up and had a few tears in As his eyes. As he should, young man. It's everyone's involved. Their arms are up. Yeah. It's a great closing Spiritual song. There's so moment. many other good songs from that group. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, that's their most well known. Absolutely. So I went with that one. I could have gotten real nerdy with it and gone with what you know my favorite songs are. Uh, that's up there. Not my favorite, but still just a. What a great song to close out a concert. And with. it's also... Uh, it just feels good. On the soundtrack of my favorite Spike Jones film, Where the Wild Things Are. Really? Enjoy that. I didn't know that. No, I did. Spike, Spike Jones. Jones. Hmm. Do we need to talk about all his great lines in the movie Three Kings? No, you do every other week, but sure. Charlie gave me this haircut, <laughs> man. It's badass. <laughs> Chris, Chris loves that character. He's like, I went to oh. high school with 40 of those oh, guys. Oh, he's so good. I went to high school. Oh. That was half the senior class at Farmington High. Man, and man, what would you be doing if you weren't over here fighting in the Iraq War? <laughs> he's just got a, a short... Stuffed <laughs> animals outside of his trailer. <laughs> short pump shotgun shooting <laughs> stuffed <laughs> animals in the backyard, in the junkyard. <sighs> That's what it's like out at my brother's house. (laughs) Ice Cube working TSA. (laughs) That's how my my brother in Moscow Mills. That's what we do out there. I I didn't finish high school. Don't judge me. (laughs) Hey, he's got no education. Don't tell them that. (laughs) Who knew Spike Jones would be the one that came out of the the group, the, uh, what am I think, the uh, Jackass crew, and he would be the Academy Award winner. Well, he was—I mean, he was very mm-hmm. established when he was working around with those guys. Already. That's very true because he had Three. done a ton of music videos. He done well, a, and he and acting and everything. <laughs> yeah, Spike Jones being involved with Jackass was like, wait, what? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Um. So the "Wake Up" by Arcade Fire is your first song to add to the playlist today. Okay. And your other song. 
a little smash mouth. Wow. You know, when I met Demon, he had a jawline exactly First of all, like that. First of all, exactly. First of all, exactly. it's the most insulting exactly. thing you've ever said like to me that. in my life. There's, there is something. Like, Travis gets a little uh, cagey if, he, if black folks, if he views another black dude, like, kind of trying to hone in on something he's doing. Uh, so he gets mad. If I see white dudes with jawlines like that, Travis really knows how to get me going. Like, oh, didn't you have one of those? It's an all-star, all-star jawline. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, That's, now, you have an all-star. No, we're not. Can I say that song is why I really am indifferent when it comes to Shrek? Very, and here's why. Because mm-hmm. in, my, in my early day as a youngin', when I was working these streets in St. Louis, I worked retail. And similar to Paul Rudd's character in the tech store in 40-Year-Old Version where he had Michael McDonald playing in the background, yeah. I had Shrek oh, no. always playing in the background. And of course, Shrek opens up with Smash Mouth. And you have to be careful with pop cultural references in films and television because it can date your show. And I think at that point, Smash Mouth All-Star had been out already five years. Mm-hmm. So it really was more annoying that, oh, Christ, this song is horrible, and you're playing it five years after it was a hit in a cartoon I have to listen to every day while I'm at work. It was the worst. What retail was this? This was, I was actually doing retail at what was formerly known as Famous Bar. Oh, you're a rival of my grandpa. He, he worked at, at Grandpa's? He was at Dillard's. Oh, okay, Dillard's. Yeah. Wait a second. We've got two comments. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, three comments. All right. So I'm just going to start knocking these out. Uh, from Kankle. Sup, bitches. Trav, your mom says that new shirt she laid out for you today looks nice. I'm glad we all did that family trip to Penny's this weekend. <laughs> That's how hillbilly I am. He typed JCPenney, and in my brain, it made me say Penny's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Penny's? and jeans at panties uh, from Triangle Assassin Smash Mouth did a free concert when I was in college and they actually put on a fun show go to hell that's not true uh, Birch saw Sa- Smash Mouth on Fremont Street three weeks ago what they played two to three songs and drugged them out for 15 minutes each with a cover or two in the middle oh. that's you know what that's the famous Stanley quote Travis we're just here to play out the clock yeah. play out the clock they situation. got that check are they just playing this, state this fairs? This guy right here? Yeah. This all-star? At this point, you've got to think if they have even a remotely decent deal, they have residuals out the ass for the, for the Shrek know. stuff. But then also that was a cover, too. So they, don't, they didn't write it, so they don't own the song. All-star's a cover? No, no, no. Shrek. Uh, oh, belie- I'm believer. a believer. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know if you get points for like it being in the movie, like if you get paid for every time it's on because you were the performer. I don't know. You would think so. I think that would be your motivation when you're, I mean, everybody doesn't have that same leverage, but I think that would be your motivation when you become a, a songwriter or a musician is to try to control or have as much control of your residuals as possible because mm-hmm. you don't want to be smash mouth and you have that song, All Star, and then you're forced to do street performances around the country because your dumbass didn't cash in on the one hit that you came up with. You don't want to be that because that that has to be. I wouldn't say humiliating because money's money. You got to do what you got to do to take care of yourself and your family, and you know those guys have to do what they have to do. But I can't imagine wanting to go to a rural town fair 
performing I mean, three you, songs. They, they write you a check for twenty grand. If they are getting that, you they think do. you think state fairs are cutting checks for twenty grand for Smash Mouth? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, you gotta. You think. sure? Because sometimes I feel like you just be throwing numbers out, man. I need some sources on this. If I if, I if, if y'all sources. asking sources from my ass, I want sources from Denman. You I have I have sources. You like do that, your research. Twenty grand. Hey, I don't know if he's done his research. Twenty grand may not be enough. I don't know if Smash Mouth demanding twenty grand. I just go ahead and get a well, a local gotta, band down the street to get the same crowd. No, you wouldn't. Maybe we can ask Ben Fredrickson of the Post Dispatch. He's from Sedalia. Yeah. All right. So the state fair is there. He might know or know some people. Um, I'm a believer, by the way. Composed, written by. Oh, uh, gosh, we were just doing this the other day. You know it. You know it. Is it uh, my good friend, hold on, Neil Young? No. Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Oh, nice. Jewish Elvis. The Jewish Elvis wrote, I'm a Believer. Got a lot of good songs. What a great songwriter. Maybe the best of his generation. <laughs> and I was Possibly. made to him. Okay, let's slow your roll. Mary he Kay Motel. He definitely is one of the greats. I would have to say that Smokey Robinson would also probably have to get. You were probably made to Smokey credit. Robinson. Uh, that's very likely that I. You know what? Ideally, you would like to think you were. At, but at, you're going to discover that it was some. It was a thong song. You probably. Like, that's what some kid's going to unfortunately have to tell yeah. their friends one day. Like, oh, my parents had me. Spring break. After, you know, in cahoots. Hey, B. That thong, the thong, thong, thong. Cisco or Tech from the real world. Better bleached hair. Uh, actually, it would be Dennis Rodman and Double Impact. <sighs> Damn it. Is that Can't with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Oh, it is, my friend. I always call that double dribble by accident. Think about mm. that. That was a, I mean, that was a, it was a theater released film. Yeah, it was. That wasn't a Netflix it, yeah, but fly. anything with Jean-Claude Van Damme at that point in time was going to get... He was doing something. Yeah. Right? All you had to do was put him in a movie. I was big star. Yeah. But that's also... I think you also have to take the that into account. muscle from Brussels. Oh, you got to take that into account because we are in the... Well, the television golden age, but even the, the, the films of recent have been of better quality. But I think when you compare it to that era, <laughs> everything's going to be better. There was... Yeah. During those times, he was uh, he was with real like full contact kickboxers. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy Duke Rufus, who's now like he's trained Tyron Woodley and all these things. And his brother, I can't remember his brother's name. Rufus was a world champion American kickboxer, and he was like somewhere with him. And he's like, "You do this and you kick like this." And they were like, "Yeah, it's not. That's not how that works. Like, yeah. That's not effective." Keep <laughs> but dancing, he, but he was still, <laughs> exactly. But he was still. In the thing where he thought he could kind of coach these guys. I always ki- is it blood sport or kickboxer where he has that dance scene in the bar, uh, where his trainer is actually trying to get him beat up or test him a little bit. Mm. I always I can never remember which, which one. Is I want to say it was blood sport. Is it blood sport? Was it? They're like in like a bar wherever whatever country they're in, and they, he's getting some shots. But he's, he's got these moves the, where he's, he's doing just doing the, this, yeah, and then he the does John the splits does a couple split times. Thing. Yeah, he does. He was That's one of my favorite dance thing. scenes in a movie. Mm. I, can, I can never remember if it's Bloodsport or Kickboxer. I have like a just a mental block that doesn't allow me to remember which one it is. Remember in the trailer to Time Cop, 
Where? Time cop. That's what I was <laughs> Giant cloud of ant. I did not that think you, you were going to bring that. Oh, yeah. Is that where he wakes up in the ice bath? Well, this is the one. This is the one where he goes back in time, and like gives a bunch of parking tickets. No, he goes work? back in time. I don't know how. Like what the premise was. All I remember is that the opening scene. <laughs> time they go back, made. They go back to like around the Civil War. And they're the they ambush these southern sh- soldiers with like shotguns and machine guns, guns that weren't around back oh, then God. because they went back in time to, I forgot why Which the they reason didn't was, went two way then. No, they did not. But there was a scene in the movie where I guess other time cops are after John Claude Van Damme. He does the splits on the counter, the kitchen counter, uh-huh. to avoid being shot. And I remember saying, "Well, I'm going to go see that now, just based on that scene alone." I can't imagine having a gun pointed at me and me thinking the best strategy is, is to do the splits. Do the splits on the <laughs> counter, the kitchen counter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, splits. In many, I just can't in imagine many, my mind functioning that in way. In many situations, if you're not able to take control of doing the splits, you would want to stay calm and, and not move much because it, it could end very quickly. Yeah. But he has a different approach. Yeah, it's just I don't ever see my brain going there. How about Cyborg? Do you remember Cyborg? I do remember from Cyborg. I do. I do. I don't remember Cyborg. A martial artist hunts a killer in a plague-infested urban dump of the future. <laughs> it's just another movie where he's holding a gun with his shirt off. Yeah. Like it's, okay. All right. Cocktober. I mean, that he's rivalry, a Cocktober uh, all-star. That rivalry between him and Steven Seagal back that in was the day. A, thing. a strange thing. That was a thing. Really... Man, it propelled us through some of the 80s and 90s. It was something. It I was wonder a, it how was. historians will write about it. The 90s, I don't, the 90s had some some good films, but the 90s also had a lot of terrible, terrible action films. Mm-hmm. Awful, and that's also because we were also dealing with the the new levels of CGI. Like CGI we're was still the, trying to find their way. Yeah, we're still trying. It was somewhere better. Uh, of course, you had great examples like Jurassic Park, and then you had, you know, others that just weren't, and it was pretty noticeable and very, very bad. But I'm glad we are now at the point where it's hard to produce a movie these days with bad CGI. Like, like that will absolutely distract. As the an international audience. screenwriter, would you allow one of your award-winning scripts to be part of a bad CGI film? No, unless okay. it's designed that way. Ooh. Like if you're on like a movie that's on sci-fi or something like that, uh-huh. that might be part of you want to look B-ish or C-ish. Yeah, like your the, your the favorite look, movie. What's your favorite film that you love on sci-fi with very very bad CGI? Like Sharknado. There you go. Like the like you're going to want stuff like that involved because that's part of the allure, I think. Right. Oh yeah, yes, yes, definitely. You don't want it to be guys we've perfect. Got, we've got right. controversy brewing. Uh, yeah. The black sheep says uh, uh, emphatically. Uh, Smash Mouth has more than a couple. And he said, "Oh, sorry, it's Cocktober. It was a natural response." <laughs> Tom Brown <laughs> says, "Smash Mouth's first album was enjoyable. It had Walking in the Sun. Everything from their second album was pure trash." Triangle Assassin. I'm with Tom on this one. I actually did enjoy the first album. I don't know how much they get paid, but the concert they did when I was in college, they put them up in the Holiday Inn Express I worked at, first class all the way around 2001. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Poor Smash Mouth. We'll have to look in to see how much they request. I'm telling you, I think you're going to be... No, and that's fine. It's just, um, I have... 
I'm completely ignorant with it. Like, I guess I have no. Also, I don't even have a baseline to go so, off of. So, is that a music pun? No, uh, but we can turn it into. <laughs> that's one. right. But no, also you have to think events and things like that are going to be inflated, like like a big fair like that. Their budget's going to be higher. But I guess twenty thousand for a band isn't a lot. It's not. If they have then you five members, those four to five ways. Their managers taking a take. Roadies and the roadies tax. and your travel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe twenty thousand would make sense because you. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a ton of money for those guys individually. My dad used to be involved with putting on the 4th of July festivity. I think they called it the Heritage Festival out in O'Fallon. It was pretty big out there. Right. They, we get Heritage the, Not Hate Festival? They were, yeah. <laughs> they were, you'll see a few flags out there. Mm. It always just makes me hang my head. Mm. Um, like I'll hang something else later. I knew it. Why did, hey. we, why did we do that? You didn't know. hit the microphone. Way to go. Um... But they've had like a uh, three dog night out there. Yeah. Um, the village people. It was like a hundred degrees when the village people were out there. I wanted to go see it just to see if the guy would be in leather or not in a hundred degree weather. Was he? A lot of times. I didn't go. It was too hot. A lot of times with those events and stuff, people will be like, "Yeah, that'd be fun." So they're either going to be on an email chain or like some. There's going to be some solicitation from a, a representative of some sort. Mm-hmm. But a lot of time. The problem with these things, like a heritage festival, which I don't know exactly, but you'll see these things where people just are like, well, wouldn't it be fun if we got Three Dog Night? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're like a, a seal with a with a cut <laughs> in the water because then you're just like, well, hey, Mr. Manager, what's Three Dog Night cost? Yeah. And they're off to the races. And all of a sudden you spend $100,000 of your city so, budget on Three Dog Night. So I know they've had some groups that are – you know, names mm-hmm. like it's and even in the country music genre, especially out there, that's going to play. Um, so they had a decent budget to work with. Birch says we should check on the fire app to see how much they cost. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. It's having yeah. trouble downloading. Yeah. Is that still, still available? Ter- I feel so terrible for those folks. <laughs> they had absolutely nothing to do with that festival. And a brilliant app idea just got taken under with them because of the stupidity of a con artist. And a guy who spent three years in prison for IRS tax fraud. God, that sucks for them. But That's not fraud. I would call that uh, false advertising. Thank you, John. My apologies. Uh-huh. What a tough, tough moment for those people. But um, we do also have, uh, I would imagine, a pop culture. Pop culture. We've been talking about some movies here. Have we ever? And that ties into pop culture today. Are you ready, Travis? Let's do it. Here's our pop culture for today. If that ain't the <laughs> whitest thing a white man has ever whited in his life. Caddyshack, probably more specifically, quoting Caddyshack, is something white people love. You know what I hate? If you're going to quote something, don't, if, if you don't grab a laugh from it, don't immediately be like, Caddyshack? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just doesn't hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Looks yes. good on you, though. <laughs> Caddyshack was... Uh... Couldn't have been that good. Uh, I got... They, they, they. You'll get nothing and like it. Look at that. That's good. I'm just celebrating white culture. Mm-hmm. I. It's funny. I enjoyed that movie. I, I was, I didn't like it at first because they would always show the edited version on regular TV, oh. and that's all I knew. And I was like, I don't. There's none of this is. I don't get it. Yeah. This is not working for me. 
And then I finally, as I got older, I saw the, obviously, the actual version. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, this is hilarious. This is very, very, Chevy Over, Chase is funny. Wait oh, a minute, Chevy Chase is funny and charming. I didn't know he could be that. Yeah. Overrated? I, I think so. Oh, no, I think Caddyshack is properly rated. It's just, I mean. I think people are obsessed with it. They right? are, because it funny. was a cult. Is it the white people's coming to America? No. Well, you know what? A lot of people would. Sports. What's the most quotable black guy, film? Coming to America is one of the most quotable black films. Then it might be. It might be. Sexual like, chocolate. Everybody does that. And like Lacey Underall. I remember seeing her when I was younger. Yeah. She might have, mm. especially at that time, mm. like perfect breasts. Mm. Like it who was, was this now? Lacey Underall, the character. In, uh, I'm trying um, to see who played her. Oh, uh, Cindy Morgan. Yeah. I couldn't remember the her great name. Great Cindy Morgan. Oh, my. Hello, Cindy. Like, that was something when you're younger. Okay. She's from the shy. 65 years old. Still got a shot. Mm -hmm. Because it looks like she's single. Do you guys want an update from, uh, we have a researcher in the comments. Hold on one second. Sorry. I do have a clip. Oh, let's see it. Is this going to get us pulled? Probably. I would hope not, but. Caddyshack's ever vigilant with their AI. Yeah. Who knows anymore? (laughs) Right. So, uh, the quotable Caddyshack. So I jump ship in Hong Kong, and I make my way over to Tibet, and I get on as a looper and a course over there in Himalayas. A looper? A looper. You know, a caddy, a looper. Jack. So I tell him I'm a pro Jack, and who do you think they give me? Basketball. The Dalai Lama himself, the 12th son of the Lama. The flowing robes, the grace, bald, striking. I'm on a first tee. What am I giving the driver? He hauls off and whacks one. Big hitter. Long. Into a 10,000-foot crevice right at the base of this glacier. Do you know what the llama says? No. Gunga, galunga. Gunga, gunga, la gunga. So we finish 18, and he's going to stiff me. And I say, hey, llama, hey, how about a little something, you know, for the effort, you know. And he says, oh, uh, there won't be any money. But when you die on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. So I got that going for me, which is nice. One of the more quoted lines mm-hmm. from Bill Murray in that movie, Carl Spackler. And, of course, also Cinderella's story. It's in the hole also along with. That character, there's a lot. I always like to break beer bottles and go, I christened thee the flying wasp, whenever they were you know, christening the boat. I used to break beer bottles onto the dumpsters in the back of 34 Club and do that. I'm all right. That's it, Travis. Don't need to worry about me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm all right. Do what you want to do. I don't know if that's the actual lyrics. Just keep going. Yeah. I'm all right. Uh huh. Don't need to worry about me. You'd be a good gopher. And the little, what was the little chipmunk? Was he a little chipmunk? A little crazy gopher. squirrel? Gopher. Was a gopher? Yeah. He would just come out of the hole uh-huh. and he'd do his little, I'm all right. Remember that toy? They had that at Target. Mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about me. Uh-huh. And then the, he would dance to the song and. I hope Kenny Loggins gets a lot of money. He deserves all of it. He's 
He's something, isn't he? Ruled yeah. that decade. He dominated. Dominated. Who had more of a dominating de- decade in the 80s, Magic Johnson or Kenny Loggins? That's a good question. Actually, that might be our... <laughs> <laughs> Who on the It's going to be a weird melee today. Yeah. I mean, what the hell happened yeah, on this show? Black Sheep's got a fun fact for us. Harold Ramis' first movie directing, and they picked a golf course next to an airport, so they had to stop shooting every other minute because the plane was flying over. I wonder if that's true. I wouldn't doubt where did Where did they shoot that? I'm trying to remember what golf course. Caddyville, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Or there's, like, the one that it's based on is, like, from the Chicago area, I think. Oh well, I mean Harold Ramis and and, yeah, that makes and the Murrays, because Sean. Yeah. yeah, the Murrays. Yeah. Sean had worked there for a brief time. Sean grew. Sean lived in Evanston for a while. He says Florida. Okay. Um, Harold Ramis. More have... iconic white films of any director, maybe comedic white films. John Hughes. John Hughes is definitely up there. Hughes. Ramis, of course, gave you National Lampoon, Meatballs, Caddyshack, Stripes. Uh, Vacation, Ghostbusters, Armed and Dangerous, Rover Dangerfield. Everybody can never forget Rover Dangerfield. Groundhog Day, Analyze This, uh, Year One, Ice Harvest, and 05. Huh. It's a pretty good list of uh, strong white comedic films. I didn't realize he did Stripes. I didn't. Really, I don't know why I didn't know that. Uh, Ghostbusters being on there. Ghostbusters. Oof. Ghostbusters and Caddyshack. That's pretty good. I mean, that's a nice one-two period. Like if, you can call it a career after that. If you go, hey, name the director. Give me your top two, <clears throat> and then you're going against that. Like just your top two films. Yeah. That's a nice. That's a nice duo to have, to go against anyone else. Um, multiplicity. I didn't realize he directed that. Oh, I loved multiplicity. He came. Was ba- such, oh man, that was a. I had that one on VHS too. He wrote. Yeah, he wrote Animal House. He wrote Meatballs. He directed Caddyshack. He wrote Stripes. He wrote Ghostbusters, one and two. He wrote and directed Groundhog Day. He directed Multiplicity. He wrote and directed Analyze This. Mm. That's a, if you if even if you go three deep there. That's pretty strong. And say, hey, who are you? Give me your three. That's tough to go against. Very difficult. It's to tough be. to go against. Now, when you look at Ghostbusters, Caddyshack, etc., how do those rank against <clears throat> some of our Blackuary films? It depends on which ones are you talking about. I think. I. I think. I, and I personally think nothing, as I think Coming to America is the funniest comedy of all time. That's just me. I think from start to end, like from story to comedy to characters to like quotables, I think it's the funniest film of all time. But I'm biased, naturally. So I, I don't know what necessarily, I don't know what, what you would consider a white comedy film that beats Coming to America. That would be my question. But I think if you were to say... Different people give, give you twenty different answers if you ask them the funniest movie of all time. Certainly, certainly. So we got John Landis with that one then. Um, are we looking for a specific director or just? No, I think we got it. Okay. John Landis. Now Landis had a, a Landis resume is pretty strong as well. Yeah, I would think so. So let's. Judd see. Apatow more recently. 
So Landis, he, he directed Animal House. He also gave you Blues Brothers. He gave you the American Werewolf in London. He gave you Trading Places. Ah, oh, Trading Places. Landis, though, does have a, a, a pretty big stain on his filmography. And it's kind of what happened on the set of a famous movie that a lot of folks recall. And that was The Twilight Zone. And, of course, that's the stunt double accident or the stunt accident where the helicopter fell on the children. Oh no. In the film. And I think it killed another I think it killed a stunt actor as well. Not a stunt actor. It was they a were, person they had basically put in. Trying to remember Vic I think so. Vic Morrow? I think you're right. Uh probably considered one of the most tragic on set incidents in the history of cinema. Uh because it was Yeah, Vic Morrow. Law. Yeah, it was a loss of life and a loss of children's Tom lives. Tom Brown wants to know if Landis also did Blues Brothers 2000, which was worse. Actually, I saw... The helicopter Bl- accident or the uh, Blues Brothers 2000. He directed Three Amigos. I saw Blues Brothers 2000 in the theater. Oh, sweet Jesus. Are you, How was it? Do you hate it? Did you hate yourself? I liked I wanted to hear the music. John Goodman in it, too. Mm. Tell me who... Uh, oh. John the Revelator, John the Revelator, John the Revelator, and the woke of the seventies. Good. And of course, he gave us Coming to America. You directed, and uh-huh. yes, Blues Brothers, uh, two thousand. He wrote, directed, and produced. Did he retire after? Oh, man. <laughs> man, that was. I got what they were going for. It was just not good. Yeah. If only Max Landis ended up as a stain on the sheets. Mm. It's Jamie Moyers, Mm-mm-mm-mm. fancy foyer. Now, Max Landis. <clears throat> now, did Max Landis direct that film that was on Netflix with Will Smith? Uh, and then um, it was really bad, and it was like uh, Will Smith as a police officer in South Central. I don't even know what that where is. Where he. Um, gosh, let me look it up. Bright. Bright, yes. Or it's no, a, is it bright? Yeah, it's because it's bright. It'll be right. Where they're goblins? Where they're like goblins and orcs. Of cops. And they're cops. And it's like the orcs are like a Hispanic gang. It's a very bad What's film. An orc? Like, you know, I don't know. Like man. something out of like a mythical times. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was. <laughs> so what has Max Landis given us? He did Victor Frankenstein. What? Yep. Uh, he did American yeah, Ultra, Chronicle, and he did he direct Bright? <clears throat> yeah, he did. He was the writer. He was the credited writer on Bright. How do you screw that up? You got Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. <laughs> Man, I ask, I, ask those, go. I ask those questions a lot sometimes yeah. when people screw up movies like that. Mm-hmm. Like when there's a great cast, like you really don't just just make the story make sense, and you're good. You're generally good. <sighs> Does that complete? Today, no, we have an update that oh I boy. needed to get to. So we have a uh, an update on what <laughs> Smash Mouth allegedly makes. Okay, uh, what do we have from um, Triangle Assassin, and this is from your favorite website, Barstool Sports, Travis. Of course, uh, but it is a thread, and allegedly uh, someone submitted where Smash Mouth asked for forty thousand dollars to play their wedding, right? But then said they would match Sugar Ray's fees for twenty five thousand. Said they normally make between thirty and fifty per show. It's about right. So that comes out to roughly about maybe eight to nine thousand per 
member of Smash I don't know Mouth. what I don't know how many members they have or the percentage if they've changed it up where Smash Mouth is just that guy and he hires one off uh, dudes guys, to play. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, you can get by on that though. Yeah, I guess you could. You can make a living. Oh yeah, for sure. You'll be okay. Living like a a rock star, living like an all star. I think that's. I think don't, that's. Don't just gloss over. What yeah, I, I, I try, try to. Want to. I, I really could tell. To. I just wanted to call you I out for it. To move forward. I know. Honestly. I just wanted to make sure you knew. I knew. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I don't. I don't know. No, you're. Not I completely threw you off. Completely threw me off. Well Sorry. Done. No, you're good. No, I'm very pleased with myself. Mm. Well done, Chris. Anytime. Uh, any more on the Cocktober front, sir? That'll be it for Cocktober for today. Don't forget, uh, probably next week or the week after. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Um, we will be giving out the inaugural Lifetime Achievement Award. And it is going to go to a very deserving person. Stay tuned. All right. St. Louis Counseling Services works with us. They've got a website online, stlouiscounseling.org. For counseling services in the St. Louis area, be sure to drop them a line. They also do a podcast, Mental Health Matters. You can download that anywhere. Podcasts are available, and it's available on their website, stlouiscounseling.org. Other things happening. Big thanks to everybody for coming out to comedy last night. Had a great time. Great performers. We did it at Sophie's. Then we did Gastro Pit. <coughs> Excuse me. Every Thursday, 6 o'clock and 8.30, we do that. So that's always... Uh, a happy time. As far as uh, as far as things happening around St. Louis, did we talk much about David Freeze retiring? We have not at all. We I talked meant, off the air. I know? meant to give him a shout out the other day, and I forgot to do <sighs> so. Um, uh, I mean, what a what a wild, crazy career he had. Give people a bit of a background while we go through some of his uh, he his statement he released to the fans for those who may not be familiar with who David Freeze is outside the St. Louis area. So Freeze is a St. Louis guy. He was a great prospect coming out of high school. Signed with Mizzou. Yeah, we'll just say didn't work out at Mizzou quickly. Came back, played at a junior college in St. Louis. Eventually gets drafted by the San Diego Padres. Uh, you know, it's a dream come true, right? Goes out there, is involved, is what was thought of as a bit of a throwaway piece involved in the Jim Edmonds trade when the Cardinals parted ways with another Cardinal legend. Jim Edmonds gets traded to San Diego. The uh, the piece of that that came over uh, that ended up being a huge thing was David Freeze, and he had an opportunity to work his way up and be a starting third baseman for his hometown team and then has one of the most historic crazy moment multiple moments not in a crazy the, postseason it, yeah his postseason was just absolutely ass and it was the nlcs mvp and he just freaking murdered the brewers yeah. <laughs> he was, absolutely i want to say his average was was it four was he back like 426 well i think he had 21 rbi in that postseason which is still a record i, I think i think unbelievable it's a lot. A lot. He absolutely crushed the Brewers. Cardinals ended up just running away with that series 4-2. And then, of course, he gets to the 2011 World Series. He has. He struggles in that game six. He makes a, a, a defensive error in that game. He just doesn't look great. Uh, but he turns it around in the bottom of the ninth, yeah. saving the Cardinals' season, tying it up. And then this moment. I have a couple moments. Oh, here, okay, we have actually. a few moments. This is good. I like celebrating David Freeze moments. Just a couple here. From that game. 
a game of memories that I almost didn't remember. Because if the game went on any further, any longer, I was way drunk and I wasn't going to remember what happened oh boy. that night. Oh so, boy. Here you go. Into right, well hit. Back at the wall. It's off the wall. One run scores. Here comes Berkman. Freeze has tied it. 7-7. Unbelievable. Bananas. Bananas. Freeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Bananas. And I will declare. Yes, the Rams winning the Super Bowl is huge. Massive impact. But that is... In my mind, Mr. Dimon, the greatest sports moment in the history of this city. Barnum. I, 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 I think you're hard-pressed. Like, that is one of the perfect sports moments, not only in history, but certainly in the history of St. Louis. What about the Blue Stanley Cup? Stanley Cup, awesome fun. Yeah, really neat, dope. Neat. Really Cute. cool. Cute. But in that moment, you're talking about a hometown broadcaster, a hometown kid. The St. Louis Cardinals coming back with two outs. Final strike. That entire season. That entire season in that moment at home. Late August, what they had to do to. Oh, against a team like the Rangers. It was ridiculous. That Rangers team was absolutely just loaded. Josh Hamilton. What a team. (sighs) Ron Washington, the Uh, brother. I know. Kept my boy from getting a World Series. How crazy is that? That you go from um, Tony's last go, series too. Mm. You go from potentially winning two World Series to no World Series, and instead of being a surefire Hall of Famer, which he would have been with two World Series wins, you were on staffs for other managers. Yeah, well, isn't that wild? Cocaine got him, though. Yeah, that kind of got That'll him do it. a little bit. Still would have been in the Hall of Fame if he won two World Series with the Rangers. I wish the Cardinals could get him here. I wouldn't mind that at all. I wouldn't mind that at all. I like Ron Washington. He and I could stand outside the ballpark and just... Take a nice little couple drags. Yeah. Talk about life. Probably not. He's a Winston man. I'm a Newport man. That's a true detective season I'll watch. Mm-hmm. Gardner and Ron Washington. Ooh. I would definitely watch Cop. the hell out of that. Buddy Cops. Come from two different sides. Mm-hmm. But you come but, together to solve things. But we come together through menthol cigarettes. Okay. We're both menthol men. But good for David Fries, man. What a career. Yeah, huge. And and without reading too much into it or assuming too much, I mean, there's stuff you know and you hear and all that stuff. But it's a guy who had troubles. He had issues. There's a reason he was traded to the Angels. There's a reason he they didn't keep him around. Because he could have still been productive. They were, they could have kept him around in ways. He had a he had productive la, uh, end of the year last year with Dodgers and in the postseason was good enough to get himself another contract, one more contract before mm-hmm. he retired. There were issues surrounding him throughout his career, and he I think he's a great story because it ended well because there were many opportunities for it to not. Mm-hmm. The the car wreck here that was uh, talked about and kind of. Went away pretty quick. Was a very could have been a very bad turning point. I think it was also uh, after an example all the good stuff. of, and I think he spoke to this a bit. I think it was also an example. And I of, personally am sympathetic right. and I, empathetic. That, that that's all I am towards that. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, I've been there. Yeah, and I think that was kind of one of those things where uh, 
both. I think the, orga- the Cardinals have done this on several occasions. We saw it recently with Stephen Piscotty. Yeah. And I think the organization uh, realized that, look, all right, we, 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 we and then we There's understand a weird what you mean, mean to us, what you mean to the city. Uh, but it, it feels as if uh, for not only us, but for yourself, uh, mm-hmm. that getting out of the area, continuing your career, because you obviously are a very talented, productive ball player that can still make good money somewhere. I'm just happy those two freeze in the organization came to terms, at least by all accounts, amicable terms, to go their separate ways. And I think it's worked out for his life. I think he's recently was married. I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he, does he, does he just recently have his first child? I could be wrong in that assessment. Not sure about all uh, that. But I know that now that he's he's gone on, he's made more money, obviously, going with the Dodgers, the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, and, and the Angels. And so to now have him have a family and have money behind him, he can settle in. And, and like we said before, I think a couple of weeks ago, if he wants to be that guy that flies in for the occasional golf tournament here in St. Louis, um, good for him. If he wants to be the guy that just hangs out in Clayton and and just spends time with his family and raises, I think fans will be great for that. I think they'll be very happy for him too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think David Freeze's legacy in this city is forever cemented. Um, and, and he deserves it. I think there will likely be a statue outside of Bush. I know some will argue uh, whether or not he would deserve to have one. I think he's, he provided perhaps one of the most memorable moments in the history of this storied franchise. If you're going to, and you and I have talked about this before. We have. How, when you sit back and think about how we treat moments in sports and <laughs> True. creating heroes True. out of that, when you actually take a big view of it, sit back, you're just like, wow, this is really ridiculous yeah, that this is how we look at it. In the grand scheme of things. In it's the grand very, scheme of things. Like, very, very small. Like, we have to. Very, very small. But if we do do that. All right. Then he provided one of those moments. He provided those moments, like in, in, like I don't know, I don't know. I like that moment, like resonated with generations of Cardinal fans. Like, I, and I, again, we weren't around during the heyday of the '60s, so we, you know, certain moments would stand yeah. the man. We can't necessarily it's, put into proper context, but man, that moment. The, I mean, the front office, the managers and coaches owe him a great deal of gratitude as well, because anytime they're struggling within a season, they can always point to 2011 and say, "Look what happened there," and run away from any problems they're having at that time anyway, too. Which we've heard over the years, the past three or four years, a number of times, which I always laugh at. Um, because they think this, that's proving a point of some sort. And my point, counterpoint to that is always why we love that year, why we love what David Fries and the Cardinals did there is because it, it's not a repeatable thing. It's not, yeah, and it's, it's so, so, so unique. And we, we knew that as we were taking the ride, like if it ends like this, like, like it's what makes it special is that it doesn't happen all the time. Right. That's why we enjoyed it. Right. It's I, not for you to use as an excuse guys, to point to as, hey, but look what could happen throughout the season, even if, although well, we didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. Right. It's not for you to use as that. It's right. for us to point to and say, what a moment. this is hard to replicate. Is very hard to and replicate. And you should not expect right. it to be replicated because that's why we celebrate. Right. Because of its uniqueness. Do you guys, uh, did you guys concede defeat uh, when that ball was in the air? I didn't concede defeat when the ball was in the air. I conceded defeat. I have defeat. trouble remember. I was. I remember the moment. I, I sat there. I was like, "There it is." I'm gonna sit I don't here think and I'm I watch did. these Rangers I, fans celebrate. I'm trying to remember. 
I think I was just kind of frozen. Mm-hmm. One of those, it was a frozen moment for me where it's, what's going to happen? And then running a friend's fireman carrying me around the mm-hmm. bar Larry J's right on the border of the city and the county. And I'm trying to drink a screwdriver while he's fireman carrying me. And I think I had it dribbling down my chin. And yeah. that's how it went on that hit. Classic. Garden. And then I almost did not remember the home run, but congrats. We, lost my voice. I, didn't, I lost my voice. Uh, I did not have anything for game seven, but I lost my voice that night. I've never screamed and yelled and celebrated so much. I think the last time I showed that type of exuberance over us over sports was when Pujols hit the the go ahead home off Brad Lidge in Houston yeah. because it was just like a such a shock to the system. And that's what it was with David Freeze in that moment. For me, was, the prior prior time would have been April seventh, two thousand eight, when Mario Chalmers hit a three pointer to tie all right. Memphis. I will end on that now. Uh, that'll do it for the first uh, <laughs> half of We Are Live. You guys stick around. We're gonna. They come went back on to win the title. Second <laughs> half of the show, and we'll uh, take a break. We'll be back. Don't forget, Harlan Williams is going to be on around ten thirty today here too. So get look, uh, get looking. Uh, look forward to that. Uh, it's Travis Drell, Chris Emmons, Chris Gardner. We'll be right back.